0: yeah it's like sometimes you end up discovering who you really are as a creative when you when you choose to go in the route that is for you black creativity is unstoppable the studio
1: noise podcast takes you into the studio with black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture you get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise Podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. It's always great when you stumble onto a really talented artist that you had no idea existed. I mean, I didn't discover Evie Chegena what am i christopher columbus or something (laughs) go around discovering people well well he ain't discovered nothing either so (laughs) anyway i found evie's work as she did an edition with my man curly Holden at raven fine art editions uh he always does some great prints and this was a really beautiful print and i really fell in love with her work so i looked her up and i found a really great new artist well new to me i mean and it was you know it's always enjoyable when you do stumble into that you end up in these conversations you get to be a fan of people work so i'm excited to have her here on the show we talked about a lot of things on this episode uh talked about her being self-taught dealing with imposter syndrome she's made some great commentary on her id lately i've been a big fan of it i like hearing her talk that ish that she be talking with she up there uh for instance like should be allowed to not know what they're doing in the studio. Ooh, ooh, controversial stuff. (laughs) But it's more of that good talk. Of course, we talk about her work. You know, your boy always love that kind of stuff, including her big project she's done with the Criterion Collection. Yes, that Criterion Collection, some legendary movies they put out. And she's done some amazing cover art for them. And how doing projects like that and coming out of it has led her to change her practice, led to a lot of growth. And what she was already doing. So, you know, all that good art talk that we love right here on the noise. It's Studio Noise, the voice of black art, giving you the very best in contemporary black art from the art fairs to museums to artists in their studio cooking up that good stuff. If it's black and it's art, you know it's the noise, baby. We're going to be right there every single time. Go to the website, StudioNoisePodcast.com. Follow us on IG at StudioNoisePodcast. We'll be posting. Some pictures of EFI's work and make sure you go follow her too after this episode is up. Also, a quick update for the fam. As you know, I'm a, not a podcaster that does art, I'm an artist with a podcast. <laughs> so we got to remember that. And to that effect, your boy will be out teaching an eight week relief printmaking class at Penland School of Craft. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. But to go along with that, I can't see myself teaching every day and dropping weekly episodes. It's just going to be too much work. I just won't be able to devote the necessary time to just sit there and enjoy this whole experience. So we're going to switch the show to bi-weekly for a little while while I'm out at Penland, maybe a little while after so I can catch back up with my family when I get back and all that good stuff. But not going to stop doing episodes, uh, but just making it a little bit more doable for me. Um, You know, it's a one man thing. This is this is what I do for fun. Trying to bring out these conversations, capture this amazing archive of all the black talent that's out there. And I uh, hope y'all can appreciate that. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Ain't too much I could tell you, but I just need to make a little bit more room for myself to enjoy the experience and still do the things that I love, which is also includes this podcast right here, bringing you all these fantastic artists. And I hope everybody out there understands, but you know, as an artist, you gotta keep the main thing the main thing. And when it comes down to it, I gotta put the love and dedication into this art. And that makes all other things possible. So while I'm up there, maybe I'll get around North Carolina a little bit, bring y'all some of that more amazing North Carolina talent, being back home. You know, I haven't been in North Carolina, back in North Carolina for 20 years. <laughs> when did I move in Atlanta? Oh, uh, four? <laughs> it's been like 20 years since i spent. Any substantial time back in North Carolina. So it's going to be a good time, good experience. And of course, I'll talk about it right here on the show, too. So that's something else y'all got to look forward to. But today, after the break, we got another good one for you with my new best friend. <laughs> What's up, friend? E.F.Y. Chetchiner right here on the podcast. You already know it's the noise. Yes. This is Deborah Grayson. I am a printmaker, and you are listening to Studio Noise Podcast. Yes, it's your boy Jay Barber back with you. Studio Noise, the voice of black art. You know, I go far and wide, everywhere I can, under every rock, looking into the sky, reading every book to find the best in black art that's out there right now. Now we got Ife Chejina, did I say your name right? Chejina?
0: Chejina, yeah. Chejina. Really oh, this yes. is
1: really close. See, that's how much I love black people. I, I want to say their name right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah Ife Chejina here with us on the podcast. Say what's up to the people Chejina. Hi,
0: everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. Yes, yeah, I'm so happy to be here.
1: Oh, we're happy to have you on the show. I, just, I told her we've been having an exciting conversation. This is my new best friend uh
2: yes.
0: <laughs> <me and> Evelyn,
1: <laughs> so we take this thing on the road uh yes. yeah
2: so <laughs> so
1: if uh, so i've seen your work and one i really love like some of the stuff you've been posted on social media so that really got me interested in wanting to talk to you for real but how i got to know your work uh you did we were working with my man curly holton with raven yes. fine art editions how uh, you produced mm-hmm. this wonderful beautiful print And I was like, yo, this, this is fantastic. I just know, no good art when I see it. And I looked and just uh, fell in love with that piece. I really want to get one. So I'm, you know, saving my money and trying to make sure I I could collect one of those. But yeah, so that's how I got introduced to your work. Uh, And I watched the talk that you and Curly did. And the word Curly described for your artwork was organic. And I was like, yes, that's good. Curly is the man. He knows what he's talking (laughs) about. That's really great, Joe. So tell me. Well, do you like that word in in terms of describing your work?
0: I love it. Like when he used that word to describe my work, I was just really taken aback. I mean, for one, it's curly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. (laughs) Big shout out to Curly Holden. Yes. Um, And then for and, and then to like dissect that, he used that word to describe my practice and my artwork. It was just like, wow, like that was really spot on. Like. I couldn't have even tried to conceive, you know, got to that word on my own. Like I would have went all over the place, as I kind of am now. Of like, I think my work is kind of <laughs> like this, and, you know, um, but for someone, it always takes for someone else to see you and to observe the work to be able to like really point that out. And it's it's just to me, it it just feels like an indication that someone like Curly is someone who not just being like really an intellectual, but also just having in general and not, not just saying that because he said this about me, but just someone who has great taste, oh, he, knows the,
2: yeah.
0: he knows automatically like what he likes and what he doesn't like, what is good, what is not good in his, you know, in his perception or his mindset. Um, and that's something I really love. Um, but I mean, and um, you know having my work being described as organic like it it, it's it feels really good and I I definitely co-sign with that because everything I do is very it feels very like intuitive not so much caring about um did I make a mistake with using the you know like if I'm using working with pencil, is this line a mistake?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, do I need to go over this brush stroke? If I find it to be really interesting, but maybe like a little bit off, like off place, but I find it really interesting and that feeling is greater then I keep it. And maybe I even try to um, repeat it elsewhere. Um, I like, I, I just like that aspect. And I feel like if my hand is not visible and is not present, then I feel like I'm doing a disservice to that artwork. Um, and that particular piece that was um, reproduced as a print um, has such a deep <laughs> uh, story and meaning behind it. Um, I can give a really, a really brief rundown on it. Oh Yeah, um, we,
1: yeah, we want to know this. Yeah, that's for sure. And the piece was called That Thing Around My Neck.
0: Yes, Um, I think I had changed a little bit because I put metamorphosis in the front of that title or at the end of it, Um, but yeah, that piece was done. So I'm someone who lives with mental health challenges and that piece was done after my first hospitalization. And so I had a residency in Staten Island with uh, Snug Harbor and around that time and i was contemplating you know should i go through with the residency i had half of my stuff there already and i was excited and committed to it um or should i stay home and try to recover from this experience so i chose to recover there (laughs) and it was a three month long residency um and i was just like i need to do this for me to recover, to get through the experience, to actually face it. Mm -hmm. Um, So the piece is actually paired. There's another self-portrait that, that goes along with it. And I was actually, and this is how like chaotic sometimes the art life can be where I had that residency. And then I was also, I also had a friend who's a filmmaker and she had asked to loan some of my pieces for her film, for her short film. Um, and it was an adaptation of Chima Amanda's, um, one of her books. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and around that time I had one of Chima Amanda's book, um, which I believe <laughs> is called that thing around my neck and mm. then not that thing or some, something around similar to it. And I felt really, it, it was really, it really resonated with some of the heart, you know, the experience I had in the hospital, which isn't always the most pleasant. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a, a long history of, of unfortunately the kind of abuse that can happen there. Um, and as soon as I, um, thought of that title and connected, it it was just like, okay, I have to, I have to illustrate this feeling because I felt a type of thing around my neck, um, both physically and also, um, also, I guess a little bit spiritually as well, like something trying to like suffocate me mm. or keep me from breathing, um. And unfortunately, like if they try, if they need to restrain you, they will do what they need to do. Um, So, I was like, I need to illustrate these feelings, and that tends to be like that um, need for me to illustrate feelings is is primarily the the incentive for me to start new work. It's like I may watch something. Um, something may happen to me. Um, I might read something and I'm like trying to like make sense of things. And, and it's that feeling that I get from that thing that makes me want to start new work. Hmm. Um, and so sometimes I'm not even thinking about, unless I'm doing a commission, that's a, that's a different, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Still it's a different way to different. get into the project. Yeah, definitely. So there are definitely some feelings that come into play, but it's a, it's, it's a different It's different Um, when it's my own personal work. That feeling that kind of like generates responds my interest or my desire to make new work. It's like I have to. I'm just. I I don't even focus on like anything else. Like, oh, what will this work mean in the future, or like the response, or like I'm not focused on that. I'm just focused on okay, let me execute this because I I need to get it out there, and so when I had uh, a show, a solo show at the Banana Factory um, that was curated by Devin Brid- Bridges. Brid- Bridge um, And she's a long time not Get the name fan.
1: right now. Don't, don't <laughs> <do
0: that. laughs> I think it's Devin Brid- Briggs. It's B-R-I-G-G-S.
2: Briggs, yeah.
0: Uh, Brid- Briggs. Um, she was a curator and she's... Um, she has a long. She's a good relationship, long time relationship with Curly, and so for the, um, it wasn't the opening, wasn't the opening reception, or the day after the opening reception. But he came to see the show, and he loved those two particular pieces, and so we started with one of them to, um, to do as a as a print, and so I would never think in. A million years that like oh like <laughs> this piece about this really uh personal experience would resonate with someone and he didn't know the story and you know until a little bit later um i think until that interview or prior to the interview the conversation that we had um but i i don't think in those terms of like okay this is going to be the piece that you know, moves mountains and. <laughs> oh, right, right,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know,
0: I'm just like I just need to get this piece done. Yeah. And
1: up. <laughs> That's awesome, you And and it's funny. Uh, another thing I give credit to Curly for is being able to see what will work in print. And so, and yes. I saw the print um, before I saw the the rest of your work. That's how I discovered you. But then mm. looking back at your work, I thought I can see exactly why he picked this person and this and suggested this kind of style for you to do too, because it worked uh, just the way you draw just translates into like the woodcut and what's the Mm color print that you came up with. Uh, It just Mm -hmm. translates directly into it. Sometimes you can see when you talk about the hand, you can see how somebody draws and their styles and it just immediately lends itself to a technique. And that's just a printmaker thing that (laughs) that Mm -hmm. you're just able to look and see. Um, certain stuff and and how people are op- operating uh, and how it will translate. So I think it I think it definitely resonated. And and whether or not you knew the story, um, I mm-hmm. think people can sense the feeling that you were getting at. And I think that's the most important thing. Like this kind of idea of the pieces communicating a thing that is universal and how people accept it depends on their personal association with. Uh, stress right. or anxiety or or something like that. So it's not a one to one. No, they're not experiencing the same that mental issue as you, right? But mm-hmm. they are experiencing a version of it somehow, some way.
0: Yes, definitely so. Definitely so. And I like that that ability to connect without having the whole story present, just because of what is being shown and depicted, as well as the title. Like mm-hmm. those things help to resonate.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, was yeah. this was this your first foray into printmaking?
0: I had actually, I think, fully. I had done a like a few workshops, like uh, here and there, um, a few years prior. I had done, I had taken uh, taken printmaking classes at the New York. I think it's called New York Fine. It's not the New York Academy of Art, but it's another, I think the Academy, New York Academy. Um, I had taken some print printmaking courses there and was really interested in printmaking. Um, but then it was around the time or it was a little bit before my mom passed away. So then once that happened, like it kind of like set me back where I was like, I wasn't able to fully commit to it because mm-hmm. I was grieving. So I had to let go of it. But I was always still really interested in printmaking, um, and so when the opportunity came to work with Curly and Ravens Editions, it was like, okay, this is great because it's going to help to reintroduce me to printmaking.
1: Absolutely, um, yeah, that's a fantastic entry <laughs> back yeah. into printmaking. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yes.
0: And so do you? Yes. So
1: do you consider yourself more of a mixed media painter? Like, what do you? How do you? How would you describe yourself?
0: I describe myself as a mixed media drafts woman, I guess. Cause I I think at the fundamentals drawing is at my core. Um, and then like I do also paint. Um, but I, I consider myself a a mixed media drafts, drafts woman. (laughs) Has that
1: always been your thing? Like has drawing always been the thing for you like to do?
0: It has, it was definitely the start. Um, drawing was always like my first introduction to art making and then painting kind of took over i want to say somewhere around 2012 a little bit after or while i was i was almost done with my uh, um completed my bachelor's degree at queen's college so it was like because it wasn't something that i was introduced to it, it kind of made me feel like okay I need to do this even harder because I want to I want to catch up to
1: ah, yeah there you go a
0: level you know to a level where I can say that like okay I also paint too right and I've been working towards it um so then I was painting primarily for a few years um and then wanted to go back and really tap in more to drawing because I think Again, at a, at the core, I'm more of a drafts person, and when I focus on drawing, and then I and then I'm, I get inspired by I get inspired by all types of art, and I try to find ways to I guess translate my my feelings or my my connection to the art through drawing, and even if whether that whether I create like a sketch or a study and it turns in and it remains a drawing or it turns into something more mixed media or it becomes a painting um I still feel like at the core drawing has been always been fun to, fundamental for me um and so but I you know sometimes that that's kind of like a, I I wonder how you feel about this too because like, what do you consider yourself as? I know that you also. Oh man, yeah, that's a good. Question. <laughs> you know, like, I, I know that you also paint, and I, like, I had, I, I, was starting to perceive you as a mixed media artist, and I don't know if that's something that you <laughs> see yourself as. Um, I would like to know. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's. I think that's
1: is fair. Uh, I think it depends on, on when you saw my work. Um, because, because mm-hmm. it, it started very much in uh. well, I take that back. I, I actually started as a, a very amateur watercolor artist for years, mm-hmm. trying, trying to struggle and do it. Now we got good at it. I still, it was still my dream to, mm-hmm. to be a watercolor artist, but you know, that's way yes. off in the future, but I, somewhere along the line, I picked up printmaking and wow. that became for me fundamentally how I unlocked, uh, the next level of creativity, Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, maybe this is might resonate with you a little bit too, in terms of, um, but when I was doing watercolors, I was trying to be something else. Um, -hmm. when I picked up screen printing, I didn't know anything about anybody doing screen printing. I had no real association with it. And so that Mm -hmm. allowed me the space to kind of be myself. And so I wasn't trying to copy anybody anymore or be like this person. And so that to me allowed me to be actually creative to be an actual artist to think for mm. myself and, and to grow and expand and in, in my direction without these kind of guidelines of uh, you know this is look, yeah exactly this is yeah. a, this is a great painter so if mm. i'm not this then i'm not a <laughs> then i'm not a painter that make right sense?
0: that quality yeah. that qualification
1: exactly and so along the lines um I, my curiosity has allowed and has made me add more stuff Um, just, just in, just in terms of what I'm doing, like I started doing screen printing, I picked up woodcut. I really still in love with woodcuts. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so that's always going to be my primary thing, but with the woodcuts, I screen print back into them. Then I started painting into them and then I collaged them and then like, it's kind of just grown. And so I'm following Mm -hmm. this kind of creative bug in in my ear, this kind of feeling, uh, that feels like this is the direction I should go. And so I'm just kind of following that thing. And so, yeah. you know, it's fair to call me all that kind of stuff. I still, to me, because of my relationship to printmaking, I think I identify as a printmaker and then an artist Understood. like, afterwards. A lot of people yeah. told me that was wrong. <laughs> a lot of people told me it's too... How, that, uh, but how? That, uh, you know what? It's funny, because when I went to grad school, they was telling me that it's it's too it's too limiting yeah it's too limiting like to yourself to like only imagine yourself through this one thing when you can do all the things you can be video and do dance and performance and you know yeah they're encouraging you to try all this different stuff but i don't know that printmaker still resonates with me so (laughs) so yeah yeah so me i say i describe myself as a printmaker artist that's what i do
0: okay I, i i definitely respect that very much I mean, a, lot of, a lot of the things you said, they definitely resonated with me, um, kind of made me think about uh, my relationship with painting. And for a while, I was I had considered painting more enjoyable than than drawing um, <laughs> because it had, it, you know, a, it, like, like you, something similar to what you had said, like it had unlocked um this exploration for you and this creativity for you and that's how i felt about painting where it was just like well i don't have to like i of course like we we know the rules most some of the rules that are there right but we also know that we are able to break those rules like many artists of the past and current artists are doing so it's like with painting it just gave me more of a of a and knowing I can do that with drawing too, but I don't know, for some reason, I think because drawing was something that I, I learned s- and did at such a fundamental level that it was harder for me to break out of some of the rules.
2: Yeah, I get whereas that, yeah. With,
0: yeah, whereas with painting, since I was m- primarily teaching myself how to do it. It was like, well, I know that this is a thing, but I don't
1: have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> See, this I is can't... this is why we're best friends now. Cause I said yeah. I said the same thing about screen printing. Like no yeah. I've taught myself screen printing. And so I feel like mm-hmm. I understand screen printing in a different way than everybody else that has ever been taught print you no know, screen printing. Right. Uh because That's they, a, yeah, because they screen had, screen screen had such a guideline and I had to figure it out. And so, and yes. figure it out. I I know the limits of different directions, and I can work around it in a way that if something goes wrong for somebody that's been taught screen printing, they don't know what to do because <laughs> they don't because yes. they don't like yo. Wait, I, I was taught to do it this thing, and if it don't work, then it don't work. Like, nah, that's not right. true, right?
0: Right, then they have to like start over and exactly. and and so forth. And I'm just like, why don't you just cut it? And they're looking at me like, what? And I was like, yes, yeah, let's cut it. Let it dry and cut it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's stuff. <laughs> See, i tell telling you, best friendship. You know, I'm telling you, I would call it. That might be the title of this episode. Is Nam's new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, so so um <laughs> so part of um one thing i'm gonna bring up and I, and during this interview i'm gonna bring up some of the stuff you've been posting on uh social media because i like it to me um yes. you know i like you know it's, I, I like people just going out and speaking in my uh, one one of the things that yes. i think relates to this is uh artists don't have to all don't all have the same goals and expectations for their career uh, mm. Tell me a little bit about what, what made you post that and, and kind of how that sentence resonates with you.
0: <laughs> In general, I'd like to say that, um, especially with the writing, and I have no idea what I'm going to post that day. Sometimes it's mo- it comes out of like that those few minutes or hours where I'm just like reflecting and like, first and foremost thanking God that I woke up to a new day Mm -hmm. and just kind of like going through like how my day was yesterday, how I want today to be. And then I'll either like read an article or hear something on YouTube or see something on Instagram or it's been, or sometimes it's something that has been on my mind for a while. So that, that post came out of thoughts that I've been having for a while and just how exhausting and then coming to the realization that most of the time, the people that do place expectations are not creatives themselves. Mm, <laughs> they yeah. may work with, they may work within like the, like they may have art professions, but not be an artist. Um, and so like they work, a, a, they work a lot with artists. So then they, I think that gives them the, Feeling as though they, they know everything for artists and not to discredit some of the things that they do believe and they do practice and they do say, but I think there needs to be some room left for artists to speak about artists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. The people that's actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause it's, it's, it's too, from what, from what I've been seeing and hearing it's too much dominated by people who aren't creatives themselves. Mm. Like. And then that puts a type of pressure. So it's like the, t- the I think I've been writing prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic has since kind of activated this spark in me. That's just like, you know what? And things that happened around the time. So like having uh, different projects, which I know we'll talk about later. Um, but then also that also exposed me to more information on how, because I didn't, go to an art school I didn't study art um and so there's a lot of things that I've had to learn from those who did about the kind of pressures and sometimes limitations that um institutions have placed on students Mm -hmm. um and when it comes to the expectations just like I really felt so bad for some of the students that studied art for four years maybe even more than four years And because of their experience in art school, they've like given up on, on art or because, um, they were, uh, kind of reared into thinking that in order to be this great artist, you have to make art every single day, every portion of the Mm -hmm. day, always being in the studio. And to, to to an extent, I get the sense of like, okay, you have a studio class. That's about three hours. You need to spend more than three hours, and and you know, in, in a respective day. I get that, but to do that consistently, and to negate the rest of living. <laughs> <laughs> right. And not even consider, you know, like we're all made differently and then like learning that some people either develop a type of tendinitis and then no longer can draw or draw in the same way, or they just have, they just develop, a, uh, uh, because of their experiences then develop like a, a negative outlook on arts that they don't do it anymore yeah, or they don't, or they may create, but they never share it. Yeah. Um, that really it, it, like, affected me, even though that was not my experience, just knowing that there were a group of people or groups of people who felt that way, it hurt. And so I'm just like, okay, oh, I recognize the areas in which, and I'm not like, like the most accredited, I'm not known and like everywhere. I don't need, I don't feel like I need to have those things. But because I've been blessed with certain opportunities, um, I want to be able to just share some of the thoughts and experiences that I've had in the hopes that people can, you know, who relate to it can say, like, okay, there's someone else and I don't have to put this kind of pressure on myself to perform. Yes. Um, and so when I did that, when I wrote that post, I was thinking a lot about that and how important it is for just artists to be able to speak about you know the creative practice as people who are doing it. You know, like oh, absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> when people want to critique medicine, they they go towards doctors. They look at they look for conversations. Well,
1: well, that was before the pandemic. Like now, right, right, every, was,
2: every...
1: like, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's... Yeah, I saw a couple of Google articles. I know yeah. that vaccines don't work. You know.
0: That's awesome. Right. <laughs> so right. yeah, that is so that, that has def- that has definitely shifted. Yeah, yeah, definitely shifted for sure. And I think and that's a whole other conversation <laughs> in terms of like the impact that social media can have, and yeah. and who's able to you know generate or have these conversations. But it's like within the arts, I just I just feel like I just felt so strongly that so much was being said about artists but it wasn't led by artists especially artists with experience
1: absolutely i think i see um, see i see, it, I see it the same thing with um you know randomly this is a random thought but mm-hmm. with, with the idea of what marriage should be like you ever looked to these like
2: oh youtube God,
1: relationship yeah. shows and you know everybody's Ooh, usually yeah. like kevin, kevin samuels kind of red pill or like you know yes. you can be a pick me for all this other stuff and uh, but none of these people that are talking are married and so Grace. they can't, a single person, I've been married, uh, this is my 18th year coming up. Uh, Ooh, I've been married so long. I can't, I, you don't know what marriage is like until <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you've been married for 18 years. You don't know what it's like to be with the same person and manage their emotions and, and be mm-hmm. with them and to love them and how needs change and your body changes, like people change, like jobs and your money status, like all the stuff that people talk about in terms of what marriage should mean. To me, yes. to me is a problem of imagination is that they can't,
2: and yeah,
1: they can't, <laughs> e- they can't imagine something that's not their norm working. And that's the problem. That's when, that's when your marriage will never work because there's so much stuff that happens that you can't imagine it. Yes. And so you just have to be able to uh, be the type of person <laughs> that can deal with mm-hmm. certain things. The same thing with artists, right? Is that when mm-hmm. when people think of artists, they think of, well, Kehinde Wiley did this. So if you don't do this, then you can't be successful. And that's not true because there's so many, and again, it's a problem of imagination. You can't imagine a world where you're not Kehinde Wiley and still living a successful, happy life as an artist. Uh, But it it definitely, (laughs) it definitely can happen. And everybody doesn't need the same thing.
0: No. And that I think is shocking, a bit shocking to people because they're living. They're seeing things in in such a way of like, well, why wouldn't you want to be a Kahendei? <laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't you want to be uh, any of the any of the artists that are, are deemed successful, and they are actually are successful? It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to exhibit here, or why wouldn't you want to have this these accolades? And yeah, like I'm sure for many artists, if they receive those opportunities they would be grateful but it's not the end-all be-all for and it's not the the goal for all of them yeah you know sometimes it's it's just a matter of like well i like you we kind of can see that like the opportunities for a lot of these things are very small um and depending on who you are your race how you look like your age, they, they, they become even smaller. So it's like, okay, I see this. I see how things are. I can choose to attack, to keep going in this direction and maybe I'll get something, but there's a whole other, there are whole other opportunities that exist elsewhere. Why don't I try to, to lean into that? And then it blossoms into something. And then in some cases, they end up in similar places to those who, you know, follow follow the traditional route.
1: That's true. Yeah. Sometimes you end up in the same room. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. right. And then those conversations come up, which is, you know, has its interesting moments of like, how did you get here? I did all these things. I went, (laughs) you know, I spent all this money. Um, I did all these things that, you know, I might not have wanted to do, but did it anyway. And you got to the same place as me. (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? It's just like, yeah, it's like sometimes you end up discovering who you really are as a creative. When you, when you choose to go in the route that is for you and not be so concerned with, I have to chase this or in order to validate myself and, and everything that I've, I've worked so hard for it's like sometimes you can just and it's like it's not to say that not to know of it like I mean we're talking about Ken Wally we know who he is we know some of the things that he's been able to achieve for himself and what he has set forth for others to want to aspire to um, at the same time we're not oh, feeling like we're any we're we're not we're like less than because we don't have those things
2: yeah
0: or that we're not we're we don't we're not aspiring for those accolades or like there's something wrong with us it's like you know like jared would be great to have like to feel some the the things that he has felt and that joy and that happiness in having those things but I've also felt really happy and content with the things that I've acquired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. That way is not the only way.
2: My name is Liz Andrews. I'm the executive director of the Spelman College Museum of Fine Art, and you are listening to Studio Noise.
1: And so, you have given me so a question about like you and developing your style. Uh, we talked a little bit about like your commissions and. Um, mm-hmm. One in particular that I really love, the Mandiba cover art for the Criterion Collection, um, yes, was to me felt a lot different than your other work. And so we talked a little bit about um, before the call about about how doing those projects are affecting your your work now, like coming out of it. Um, so mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about um, that piece, the the how you got the opportunity, and then coming out of it, like how do you think is changing
0: the way you feel. Yes. Oh my goodness. Definitely. When I got the email to, uh, to do that project, I was in shock. (laughs) Um,
1: Was it a random email? Was it
0: cold? Like you
1: you hadn't talked to nobody or nothing? Well, like it
0: was, it was like, it was just an intro, you know, I, it was an introduction, uh, from the creative or, He's either the creative or artistic director for mm-hmm. the Criterion Collection.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was just I was just more in shock of like, how do they find, how do they know of me? Like how did they find <laughs> how did they find me? Yo, why do
1: I um, ask everybody that same question too? like, yo, where did you see my work? <laughs> like, yeah. How did we how did we get here?
0: <laughs> yeah, because you know, I I didn't think prior to that, to that, uh, experience, I was just, I was content with the idea. I was generally content with the idea of like, you know, I'm just going to make my work. I'm going to share it. If people want to buy it, I'm going to sell that. Um, but in my head I was so, because I, I think many of the artists that I learned from, and had the, had the fortunate experience of, of having as a mentor. Um, I was content with the idea of like, well, I don't need to be known. I can just focus on making the work, having, a you know, a job that I, that allows me to, to continue making my work and be content with that. Mm. Like I was happy with just sharing my work. um, participating in shows when they were presented um like any opportunity i was just happy <laughs>
2: to have those things. Right.
0: Um, and anything that came you know that came out of it like people finding my work wanting to buy it, that was that was that was it for me i was like that's that's great and so to get an email from the criterion collection i was just like at first, the first thing I did, I was like, I had to check the validity of the email. Oh yeah. you got Don't <laughs> click, like, don't me.
1: click no links. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, exactly. I had, to check, I had to check the email and yeah. then like, I did, I did Google him. And then once I saw that it was legit, I was like, wow, like they, they want me to, to work on a project with them. Like, that's amazing. Um, and so like they had actually, um, he, cause I asked him, I was like, you know, I just need to know, like, how did you find my work? Um, and I think it was through Instagram. So it's like, that's a whole thing of like oh, how yeah. Yeah. important Instagram can be. It's not like the only tool, but it can be a very valuable tool. Right. Um, and so I believe he said through Instagram, and there was a particular work that I had done or some works that I had done that caught his attention. And then he said that he knew he wanted to work with me. It was just a matter of finding the right project. And so that came up, that project was 2020, the end, like towards the end of 2020. Um, and... I, at that time I was just like, you know, I, I was, I really wanted to. More so prioritize my mental health. So I was just like, I really need to like rest. Like I've been doing a lot of like work and I need to rest. But then when the criterion calls, I'm like, well, I can rest after. <laughs> <laughs> I, got <some> <laughs> yeah, I, did, I got
1: some time
0: And I did do that. I did do that to myself because it was important for me to rest. Um, but it was definitely a moment where I was just like, okay, no, is not an option. I mean it is but it wasn't an option for me I didn't want to say I wanted to say yes Um, and so doing that project was very like I learned a lot um, especially when it came to like I, I generally do do sketches, but it's different when you're doing sketches and showing it to someone else or to others and then waiting for it to be approved before you can move on to the next stage or the final stage of the piece. And so that was not definitely an interesting experience because it wasn't just like, I'm doing this work for me. Right. It's like, no, this is work that you're doing for them. And it will be distributed and seen by many people. So <laughs> the pressure was definitely there um, for me to perform. I, at least that, that was the pressure I put on myself to perform.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, and I understand that because we, when you think about it, you see it for the opportunity that it is. <clears throat> yeah. so, so you have to change a little bit of what you're doing to, or you want to. Rise to the moment, right? Make sure that you yes. do something good enough that uh, it. One, it, and um, this may not be you, but this was me when I had a, a project that I did recently um mm-hmm. of wanting to prove to myself that I deserved it. Um yes. because a lot of it is like, like you know, like you described. You were, you know, doing your shows locally and you know doing your thing. You know, a couple people buy a couple pieces, like that's cool, mm-hmm. like you know. But then all of a sudden, it, you're on this much larger stage with people that you feel are have made it quote unquote in our yes. successful quote unquote and are known and you're up against, you know, famous illustrators and stuff like that. You feel yes. you put that own pressure on yourself um, oh, definitely to be so. better and do better.
0: Definitely. So definitely. So to, to show that like I am as deserving yeah. as other artists and illustrators that have worked and continue to work with them. Right. Um, yes, definitely. So all of that, and that was, that was definitely something that I wanted to achieve for myself, especially as someone who is primarily self-taught, didn't go to art school. Um,
1: does that does that does that bother you? Does it rest on you like a little bit? Like you you feel like a little the, bit the weight of it.
0: The weight of it does a little bit because there. I remember one of my earliest experiences where it was just like you know I was learning a lot about, okay, I wanna be an artist, so what do I do? Um, and so one of the things I did in living in New York, I was like, okay, I'm gonna to go to different galleries. I forget which one I started with, maybe in Chelsea. And I'm like, I'm gonna walk in, I'm gonna look at the art, I'm gonna examine it, I'm gonna introduce myself and express my interest in wanting to be an artist. And I remember one gal, one gallerist, I don't know if she was a gallerist or she was sit- a sitter, um and I can't remember the gallery I went into because this was several years ago um but I you know had introduced myself and she was just like and one of the things I said I'm like oh you know I majored in philosophy but I'm interested in in the arts and she was like why like I don't get it I don't see the connection and especially back then it was like well if you don't go if you didn't go to art school then you don't like it It was very much like an or if you want to be an artist you have to go to art school
2: right yeah, you have yeah. to
0: have studied arts um it's like it doesn't make sense like why and and then and, and through my experience i've met others who have majored in something else but then are pursuing the arts of like having to have a similar battle of like if they majored in something like engineering it's like well what what are you doing here like it, it's a, then now more it's like, it's more acceptable, but back then around like 2012, it wasn't, it was like, you have to fit this, you have to fit this, uh, this perception of like, in order to be an artist, you have to have studied art. Right. Right. Um, and so it, it did. And I have had a number of experiences like that, where, It was, it was even before, and some, some cases were different. They were more like, well, we can, we can tell by your portfolio that this is something that you're serious about, even though you, you're not an art major, but for some people it was like, no, now I, now I have to judge you more harshly because Mm, you are not an art student. So it's like, how, like, how, who do you think you are coming in? with this idea that you can just be an artist without studying the arts. Um, and so that always puts, that, that was definitely something that rested a lot on me and, and made me feel like, okay, I had to make sure I, it wasn't enough for me to not know certain things. I had to study things, I had to know art history. I did manage to take a number of art history classes before graduating. Um, so that was something that did help. As well as, um, again, having mentors, having people that like, it, it, you know, it didn't matter that I wasn't an art student. They saw the interest and the drive that I had or uh, that I have, and, you know, just finding ways to YouTube was my best friends. Hey, there also you go. Yeah. Friend, you know? <laughs> listening yeah. to a lot of lectures. Um, I remember listening to a lot of Jerry Saltz, um, listening to a lot of conversations that he's had as well as even though it's something that I know he has spoken openly about um, the Bravo show that he had done,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um, even though he talks, you know, a little bit about it. um, It was one of the shows that I loved because it was just like, it gave me an insight, especially as someone who didn't have that background as Mm -hmm. to like the kind of pressures that, art students and those who are, have graduated go through. Um, So I I was just eating a lot of information on that and trying to kind of get myself trained or ready for things, even though there were definitely times where it did bring me down, where I was just like, I can't like, (laughs) like, I can't do, I can't learn for years plus of art on my own. And so there was a part of me that felt that I think that's where like the imposter, po- imposter syndrome. Right. Yeah. Came from me from me.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I can, I can dig that. Um, which is funny. Yeah. funny that you say that. I actually, when I look at your work, I see um, research and I see. Like understanding of things. Like I feel like when I'm when I'm looking at some of the things, just the, some of the things that you you reference, the way you do your figures, your compositions, they feel more more not academic, but they feel more researched uh, and mm-hmm. and learned than I think you you think they are <laughs> because you know because yeah. you know that you're not researched or you're not academic, right? And so you don't yeah. perceive that thing. Uh, I am, mm. I'm an academic uh, after the fact, <laughs> right? I think I, <laughs> I, I grew into an artist because I taught myself screen printing. I got a, a degree in graphic design, but I don't, mm. but that degree in graphic design, my undergrad didn't make me an artist. Uh, And mm-hmm. I'll tell anybody that, like it was, a, it was my own journey I did after school that to me made mm-hmm. me an artist and made me like fully aware of the understanding. So maybe learning some of the principles may have helped but i think i see yes. i see it in your work anyway.
0: Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And i definitely get that that uh that uh, observation um of like because it was something that i didn't have it it was just like it shows up so much more and without me even realizing it or giving myself enough credit for.
1: Yeah. For sure. Um yeah. And so we were, we were talking about the commission. So um, mm-hmm. having worked a little bit different in the commissions, how do you think it changed your work coming out of it? I'm um, like, did you discover new things, new ways of working, or uh, new approaches? You said you did more sketches um, yes. to be approved beforehand and stuff like that. Like how, how yeah. coming out of it, how do you think your work is shifting?
0: Oof. so after that, the after that project with the Criterion Collection. I did a couple others with filmmakers who then saw the work and then you know a little bit later they were like you know we we loved your work with the Criterion the Criterion collection and we have this project and we were hoping that we're hoping that we can bring you on to do the cover art so I was doing a number of cover art and for that for all of them maybe for the exception of a few because it wasn't out yet, or they were still um, putting the work together, they usually send me the film. So I'm able to watch it, I'm able to interpret it. I'm able to, you know, for me, sometimes I start with uh, doing uh, a sketch and times, at times before the sketch I'm writing. So like I'm writing things that like catch my eye. Like if there's a play on lightness and darkness or shadow, then I write that down. if I notice that there's a particular scenery that, you know, that is um, revisited, I'll write that down. Um, I'll write down things like use of hands or like use of things as, as symbolism, like mm-hmm. things that catch me. Like I'm, I'm, I was really observing the film or the films and I wasn't doing that before. Um, I didn't, have to necessarily write things. Sometimes I would write, but it would be different of like how I'm feeling in the day, you know, like during the day. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: You know, it would be like more journal writing. But this was more like observing the subject or the 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 material that I'm I'm utilizing in order to create the illustration. So that was something I had never done before. And so then I think that then when it came to like going back and doing my own personal work, I was like, well, what is inspiring me to do this portrait or what is inspiring me to do this piece? Like, what is it about, um, my family member or what is it about me wanting to do a self portrait or me wanting to tackle this issue that is important for me? And then that, um, motivated me to look things up so it's like either looking for a book that was on that particular topic or looking for articles on that topic like working with the criterion and then working with other filmmakers it just inspired me and motivated me to to one be aware that the things that i wanted to illustrate the things i want to portray has a, a story to it, or a story behind it,
2: right? Yeah. Whether
0: I'm knowing of it or not, and yeah. so it was important for me to devote time towards that, like towards understanding, like why this is is, is this is important for me. Understanding that um, the, um, like other people have done an exploration on this topic. So it will strengthen the piece and it will strengthen me as a creative if I'm learning about this as well. And even if I don't particularly use that information in a way of like, oh, like this, is a, this was a great book and I love it and I'm inspired, I'm going to do this. Or if it's like, oh, I had some impact, but maybe not so strongly. It was still something that moved me in a direction. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like having worked with them and working with other filmmakers, it, it then wanted me to create more of a backbone with my personal work and not just have it be uh, a portrait of someone. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know? Uh, yeah, it's
1: the, it's the extra stuff. And I'll yeah. be, be honest with you, like everything you just said to me, that is what I describe to my students when I teach at Georgia State. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is this, this idea that you, that this is a continuum, like you are not the first person to pick up a brush. I'm not the first right. person to carve wood. Uh, all mm-hmm. these people have done all these things, even the ideas that you think you have, I guarantee yes. you can find somebody that did it in the eighties or the sixties or the forties. Like, you know, like, right. like a human, it's the human experience that you're you're targeting. And even mm-hmm. if you can leave school, uh an undergrad after four years, it doesn't matter if you know all the elements of design. Um, but it does matter if you feel the need and have the know how and process to research and put like you said, a backbone into your work. Because the back mm-hmm. the believe it or not, the backbone is what people respond to, not the yes. not the paint. <laughs> right? Anybody can have right. paint. Uh, everybody doesn't have your story and your background. And so mm-hmm. I mean that's more advanced than <laughs> <laughs> to me there's that so many people <laughs> that graduate don't have a grasp on that. Like a lot of, them, I'm I'm surprised. Like when I do show up in school and people get into my class of the mm-hmm. things that they have never been told or never mm-hmm. uh, been pushed on. I might always find that fascinating, especially when it comes to like drawing. Um, mm-hmm. If you've never been pushed to, and we talked a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. So I'll say it on air um, when we're talking about going into my figure, my life drawing class, figure drawing. So you have the new yeah. model up there and, and people are drawing. Um, I always tell people, um, yes, you can know the anatomy of something. You can know all the bones. You can know where the muscles are. You can point them out on a map and all that kind of stuff. But do you know how it feels to be in that mm-hmm. position? Do <laughs> you know how it feels to sit in a certain way or have your leg a certain way? Do you have an idea of what it's communicating to other people? That's what we're getting at. Yeah, yes. you're gonna. Yeah, you're going to know the figure. But do you know the feeling of it uh, mm-hmm. and how to communicate it? And that's the, always the most important thing. But then some of them, are, you know, act like I'm, I just blew their mind. It's like, like I just... <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Because it's like no one has ever expressed it right. in that way before.
2: Yeah. it's or always... they don't
0: work. Or sadly, they may be going through life without recognizing those things within themselves. Yeah.
1: And it's funny. I think that ends up being an insecurity too. Um, yes. Because, because the, they'll make work. And not know why people don't like it. <laughs> you, you know what oh, I mean, like yeah. because because yeah. it because it doesn't have a feeling. It doesn't have anything for somebody to like. But I've drawn this thing. It's in perfect perspective. I used, you know such and such design schemes. You know it's, it's you know rule, right. rule like, of thirds. Hey. Yeah, I use the rule of thirds yes. and and complementary colors. Like it should be, <laughs> but Hachy. it's but it's not. And right. that's that's the extra thing that I think people have to achieve. So, um. So if it makes you feel any better, you're better off than a lot of <laughs> people that just graduated from George State.
2: Oh <laughs> my God! Not my students.
1: My students, of course, are the best. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, oh, but,
2: I believe that.
1: But I can't speak I for all the other people.
0: an instructor. Yes. Yeah, I, I believe
1: that. Yeah, I can't listen. Can't talk about the other people. But yeah, that's a, I think that's exactly where you get to, and you know, and just in terms of, and I'm sure you know, um, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the most successful people that I know that are as artists are not self, are not from academia
2: mm-hmm. a lot of
1: them are you know out there doing the thing they do the thing and yeah you know you do it your way in a certain way and you meet a certain person and you do this show and that show and next thing you know you got a little collector base you can live off of that um, yeah. if you continue to make work and explore and, you know be engaged with it you know make you make it a lifestyle you know all mm-hmm. that all of that stuff you don't you don't need school i think this is just jamal I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do need to go to school, <laughs> a, yeah. lot of, a lot, because a lot of you'd be surprised. Like the the thing that I hear from you and hearing from you as you tell your story is the desire to do it, and a lot of mm-hmm. people don't have the desire, so they never learn these lessons that you're learning uh, mm-hmm. just in the doing because they they've never engaged in it enough. They've never sat down and sacrificed and and uh, you know put the put the art first in their life. And so they mm-hmm. never reach that revelation, uh, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. part of it is is to me again what makes you successful. So some people need to be taught it because it's it's not it's not a thing that people just pick up along the way. Not everybody.
0: Right. That's really interesting. Sometimes I wonder. Thank you, by the way. For sure. Um, Sometimes I wonder... You're my
1: best um, friend. Of course uh, I'm going to compliment you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Thank you, bestie. <laughs> I, um, sometimes I wonder, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this, um, because uh, like, on the outside looking in, it sometimes feels like... I don't know if there's like a push for, for art... That is produced in that way. Like I'm thinking a little bit about the art market because the art market is not, at least from what I'm seeing, what I've observed, it's not always so. It's interested in making money, like right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It. It's in making money, so it doesn't care if uh, if you are operating with this drive or not. Like, are you making work that can make us money and we can monetize off of it right um so sometimes i wonder if if that's those systems lean more like intentionally lean more towards artists that don't particularly have that drive but still make work that they can still like uh um pass off as like this is great like they have mm-hmm. the money to do mm-hmm. so just like just like how we can you know see it in a way of like the music industry where it doesn't have to be uh good or impactful right
1: just have to have the right marketing behind it right right, yeah right. I, I get what you're saying um i i think ooh, that's a that's a complex
2: yeah uh, statement <laughs>
1: because now we got to start dissecting uh, galleries and what mm. they, what they're for, and who runs it, and how they run it, and what are their response, and what are their responsibilities, what are they actually trying to get out of it? Because some people are, uh, some people are in it and they want to promote artists and do the thing, and other people just want to make money, and other mm-hmm. artists just happen to be. You know, no shade to nobody that this applied to, but some people are yeah. just, just married to a rich person that and they get a lot of money to, make get, a, yeah. to get a gallery. And now they, they run a gallery like it's, you know, it could be the story is so it's so more complex than that part. Um, mm. But I always find yeah. that the artists that are successful have that drive in some form or fashion because you, yeah. don't, cause you don't make that much work if you don't have it. That's true. Um, like that I, is very true. Like I think about, and it's funny, because over the weekend, I did get to to chill out with um, Latoya Hobbs and and Delita mm. Martin separately. Uh, and both oh, of, wow. And both of them have the thing, right? They they're, do. They're regular, you know, <laughs> it's funny, I was talking to my wife and described Delita as, <laughs> Delita's a regular black girl. Like my wife, I was tell my wife, like, you would love, enjoy hanging out with her because she's, she's yes. a regular black person, but she also has this uh, deep curiosity for yes. exploring processes and making things, and discipline and all this other stuff. And so, oh, I, I think that comes from from the passion of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't see anybody making the amount of work, the kind of work that she does, that no. that doesn't have it. Like Latoya Hobbs spending a year making carving these scenes right. out of uh, you oh know these twelve foot wood blocks. You don't do that unless you're passionate about it. Like there's no way that's to phone it true. in. Uh, and so. I think it I think it manifests different in different people, right? I don't yeah. I don't think it always looks the same. Um but that I think it, but I think it's some version of that desire are in the people and then when you get into mm-hmm. this capitalist <laughs> art market, uh yeah. things happen after that that have nothing to do with you or your art or anything else.
0: That is true.
1: Right, because a lot of it is just about the ability to make money off of it. So how yeah. do you how do you make money off of it? If I if I control the inventory, then mm-hmm. I can decide where it goes and what to do with it. Now I can also control the price. Therefore, it is more valuable because I can make it more valuable, like yeah. that type of thing. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's a really complex. There's so many situations that I know and have been in. Uh, yeah, that, that it's hard to answer that question, right? And it's hard. It's yeah, hard there's to so even many
0: layers to it. Yeah, it's
1: hard to even concern yourself with it because I think artists in their studio don't need to be worried about the art market about, when, they're, when they're making yeah. <laughs> like you make it yeah. you make worry about making it and then will find a market somehow right later on hopefully
0: yeah i definitely agree with that definitely agree with
1: that so you you also made a post in, and we brought up galleries <laughs> you made a post about uh how <laughs> galleries on social media omit the names of artists on the yes. post they put the oh post in, in the in the in the the medium and the size yes. they put everything but don't post the artist ain't that <laughs> <laughs> well what made you I'm post that rebel. One? <laughs> what made you post that
0: oh my goodness I had seen it because of course like I get curious because I'm like oh I'm scrolling through Instagram I'm like oh I love this work and it's like you know sometimes you go through unfortunately like the generic stuff and like okay yes every this is trendy everyone's doing oh yeah
1: yeah there you go yeah bob marley yeah (laughs) tupac
0: (laughs) yeah everyone's doing this now so after a certain point okay i can see this person's a great painter but that's that's what i'm seeing because I, I keep seeing thousands of work like this, or I shouldn't say thousands, that's probably excessive, but I'm seeing a number of works of works like this. And so when I see something that really catches my eye because it's interesting and it's unique and it's it's coming from a different perspective, I'm like, oh my God, who is this artist? I don't see the information, mm. but I see the title, I see the date, I see the medium. And I'm just like, and granted, for the most part, when, I'm able, when I want to know more about the the art when I want to know the artist's name and more information. For the most part, galleries do 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 put it up. So when I made that post, it was definitely towards the minority <laughs> <laughs> that don't do that. Um, and it's mixed of it being like, you know, a major gallery or those that are smaller. Um so I was just I just wanted to to have a conversation with other artists. And and one gallerist that i do follow we do follow each other he chimed in and gave a perspective that i wasn't thinking of which i love this is what i like i love why i love um this type of engagement from from making posts like this like because at times i'm like should i post this and i'm like <laughs> i might as well because right. if it doesn't if it doesn't work out then i know not to do it again <laughs> and, <laughs> and so um but you know to my surprise when it When it generates a lot of conversation, and then you know a gallerist enters a chat, it's like okay, this is thank you for one for 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 engaging in this conversation because they didn't have to. Um, And when he was saying that, I believe it's a he. um, Well, I should be safe. They were saying that um, you want to leave room for a little bit of grace because sometimes they, they it it's done out of mistake. Which I have been, you know, I, I do know that that is something that is true. Like sometimes, and for whatever reason too, like there are times where they do tag the artist, but then the artist may um, delete or take time off from Instagram or like, what, what's that thing where they like, um, they go off of it. So then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't tag know. them. Like, you know, they were tagged, but now they're untagged and you can't. So sometimes it, it could be that it could be genuine mistake, but then they were also saying that sometimes it is intentional. And that should be called out, but to leave a little bit of room for, for the possibility of, of it being one or the other, um, which then teaches me a lot of things because, you know, when I have these opinions and when I have these thoughts, I'm, I'm very like leaning into one perspective or to (laughs) a a certain type of perspective.
2: Yeah.
0: But then when someone chimes in and, and says, you know, you know, just consider these other things too, it's like, oh. I would not have even conceived of that had this conversation never occurred. Um, so I, for me, just as someone who is writing and posting it, like I learned a great deal by doing that. Um, but yeah, like it came, that post came out of a little bit of frustration and that, like, why do I have to then, like, then it's like those people within gallery spaces that do do that is like, they make themselves even more of a gatekeeper of like, well, now you have to like um, message or comment and do all this extra stuff just to know the artist's name. And I'm just like, I'm sure if that artist has an Instagram, they posted that artwork, you know, and and it has their name. It comes with everything. Yeah. So it's like, why do them a disservice by sharing their image and and just not automatically putting their name on it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with that because they wouldn't they wouldn't put a post up and not uh want themselves tagged, right?
2: Yeah. And So,
1: you know, I I think it should be just basic protocol to tag the artist up there too. Like, you know, right. why, to me it does sound a little bit like like gatekeeping. It does sound a little bit like, oh, well, you have to get this artist through us.
0: Through us and yeah. only us, and, and only us. Just, yeah, like,
1: they're not a they're not a, a independent human being on their own terms, making their own artwork. Like no, mm-hmm. they, they are our artists in our exactly. gallery, in
0: and, you know, our gallery. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, so that that I, came out of well, you know that
1: kind of frustration. Hey, I'm with <laughs> you, yo. I mean, of course, a gallery owner would chime in and want you to think about the galleries. Think about the galleries. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what about us? <laughs> We got we got bills.
1: We got bills too. Like, yo, shut up. Yo. <laughs> <talk about> <laughs> Tag the artist. You know? Tag the artist. In the pool. But
0: you know, but in this in this in this situation, it was a it was from a gallery that I do respect, and so that's why I was just like, okay, like no, it okay. helps. Okay. It helps to have that kind of like uh that balance, All right, yeah. as opposed. And it wasn't, you know, of course, it was. If it was the case of like, oh, think about us. It's like,
1: <laughs> all right, well, please. We'll give them grace. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Since, <laughs> since you like them, we'll give them grace, I guess.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what's up, yo. And uh, so uh another one, and we maybe this is the last one. No, we got a little bit. You you alright one time? We got a little bit more time. Like two more, two more things. One last one two I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh you posted, Am I not allowed the space to not know the outcome of my research? Now, this oh, yes. this this struck me in particular because I'm in that season of my artwork. I was mm-hmm. I was so busy and have been doing so much stuff uh, over the last couple of years. From teaching, I did the TV show, I did shows everywhere, you know, resident yes. artists. I did a lot of stuff, uh, and my grandmother Oof. passed away and towards the end of last year. And I have I put everything down, stopped. I needed help to be able to deal with it, and so now coming mm-hmm. out of it, I'm. I'm just in the season where I don't have any shows scheduled. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. be in the studio making stuff, and I don't know what it is. And so people mm-hmm. ask me, "What is it?" I don't. I don't know. It might be this. Especially, it might be that. Yeah.
0: And so tell me, tell me about how that. To... No, go especially ahead. Especially
1: someone. I was just sorry to
0: cut you off. No, go ahead. Go just... for it. Interjecting because it's, it's like, especially, it's even worse when you're someone who has always known, like, I'm doing this for a particular reason, yeah. I'm researching this.
2: Yeah.
0: And then to enter, to, to one, have something so impactful happen that shifts you in such a way where it's like, you know what? I want to get back into the groove of things, but I don't necessarily know where that is going to lead me. So I had a particular thing happen still happening, but it was at the end of 2023 and everything else around the world was happening. Um, but I couldn't put my attention on those things because I had something internal that was also happening too. Um, and so I was just like, you know what? I need time to just process what i have going on and if you know like i've i've never been one to find art making healing for me i think because for me is so much and not like work in the traditional sense but i have a routine of like okay i'm gonna do this and i do that then i do the next step where it's not healing for me it doesn't feel healing for me in the way that listening to music feels healing for me Mm -hmm. or like engaging in meditation or prayer, like, or dance, like not in that, not in those respects. So never found art making to be healing. And so, but I knew that I needed to just take time off and, and just, kind of like recenter myself
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so when i got back into art making which was a which was a short period of time because i'm always i feel like i'm always producing but i needed some time to just not produce when i was slowly getting back into it and reading things it was just like i paid i started to pay attention to the things that were being said outside of me by other people or things that were catching my attention or my eye or my interest.
2: Yeah.
0: And then and then that resonated. And then that made me think about whether it was my situation or like what was happening in the world um, or what was happening in my neighborhood. And it was just like, okay, yes, I need to pay attention to what's happening to me, but I, that doesn't mean that I can't also participate and engage with what's happening around the world. And so I started having an interest in reading um, topics, subjects. I, I, I may have had, I have always had a curiosity for, but I hadn't pursued it. And so I didn't know what, was, what the end result was going to be. Um, and so I, you know, like, like, especially when you're a person who, who knows exactly why they're doing something You know exactly why you're doing the subject. You know exactly why you're reading these things to enhance your understanding of the subject. When you get to a place where you just don't know, but you know that you're curious and that you're leaning in that curiosity, people sometimes don't know how to perceive it because they're so used to you being able to explain why you're doing something. And so that's why I was just like... Yeah, I feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that and not to, you know, to to sound self set self centered at all, but it's just understanding that if I'm feeling something, there's at least one person who might be feeling the same way or similar yeah. similar. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So
0: that's why you know, so I was like, Okay, I'm gonna share this. And that's I so think true. it was I think it was definitely under that that post where one of my friends who's who's an artist and and an instructor he's a he's actually he's really phenomenal um he chimed in because i think somewhere sometimes as an artist it feels like i'm i am expected to only reach and expect desired or popular sentiment that the general public already has and he was saying his name is sam by the way hi sam (laughs) he was saying um that you know sometimes it's, it's us having a responsibility to confront and put what the public believes to be true or deems to be true and having that like presenting that there is a gap between what the public thinks is true and what they haven't already understood as being a possibility for, for you know to be true
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i was like damn this is this is this is why i should be posting should be writing more because it's like it teaches me so much of what i wasn't already like it was all was already not in my attention uh, you know brought to my attention like i like the dialogue that these posts bring up more than i do Honestly, at this point, more than I do with, uh, like my works in progress or my finished work.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: like it brings a different type of feeling and, and recognition of like, wow, like, especially overcoming some of the shyness. Cause I do get shy
2: before you, posting you ain't my shy. What are
0: you talking about? I, I do. I get a little <laughs> shy. <laughs> I do get a little shy. People don't think that way. I mean, they wouldn't at this point because of some of the things I post, um, but before I hit uh, share, I do get a little shy because I'm just like, I have no idea how this is going to be received. Right. Um, and then you have some people who, you know, it's like, I've had to learn how to not focus too much on the algorithm because who knows what will satisfy it.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, so- that's always the <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's that's my thing right. about all of it is like how much of it um, when people do end up with a lot of followers or get stuff, like how much of it is just you know how to use Instagram. Not that the thing that you're doing is so much more valuable or whatever. Uh you just mm-hmm. know how to how to work the system in a way. And so <laughs> I don't know. It's yes. to me it's like a double edged sword, right? Like the criterion collection found you on Instagram, but also
2: exactly. But also exactly. like
1: you know, am I I gotta be a printmaker and I gotta learn Instagram? It's like, yo, know, like right. it's, it's not enough hours in a day, you know, for, for right. some of the stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like some of that is just engineered for us to always be thinking how to make it work exactly. better. Yeah. And then when we feel like we've mastered it, it changes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it, without, and changes, without telling it changes you. in
0: such a way where we're not even able to understand <laughs> where it's now going. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's, and that's an interesting point too, because I think about that from time to time. It's like, you know, the Criterion Collection was able to find me through Instagram. So it, I, I recognize the value that Instagram can play as a tool for artists or just anyone who is looking to, you know, reach a particular audience or to reach a, you know, to reach more for themselves. So I understand the value of Instagram at the same time. I don't want to feel so boxed into like okay, it has to be like this because yeah. it's not like this. Like it's too much of as you said, it's too much of me trying to figure stuff out when I I really should be putting that energy into the art.
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, the, the art is what, what ultimately is going to bring people back in the, anyway.
0: In the first place, exactly, so. exactly. So that's where I'm. I'm always like. Okay, let me let me put more of the attention on the artwork and, and create some type of balance where it's like, okay, I post art and then I post art that I like. And it's it's just a mixture of things that repeats itself, where it's like, okay, I write a little bit about this, then I post my own work, and I post work that I like, then I go back and do. And it's like I hit those three points often. Yeah. Um, but yeah. having those type of having that having that type of response and that type of feedback to the writing though that has moved me in a way that sharing artwork has because i didn't i wouldn't have like i, I always think that it's if it just hits one person that's enough for me you know that means that one person took their time to respond and they didn't have to do that
1: yeah um, that's true
0: but, but when it's,
1: but you know, you know what you know what Instagram calls that what engagement
0: oh <laughs> engagement
1: oh, yes <laughs> they got they got a word for everything over there
0: they really do hashtag hashtag engagement right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yo, you are fun to talk to yo I, I like you yo we 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 best friends now yo uh
2: yes yeah so yeah
1: um you know what I I want to bring you back on and, and you know have more conversation with you because I think you. Uh, deep thinker. You think stuff through, and I like that kind of stuff. Uh, Yay. so yeah. So, <laughs> Evie, tell them where they can find you. Uh, all that good stuff where they can reach out with you, see your work, all that.
0: Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at ethi dot c h i dot know um you can also find me through my website which i do have to update it's been a minute um <laughs>
1: oh girl that's everybody
0: <laughs> that's all of you yeah all of us. Yeah, you know that's all of us right yeah. you can find me through uh dash right or hyphen chegina.com um yeah i'm i'm most accessible on uh instagram
1: yes And she's looking for engagement you know <laughs> so, yes. so tune in and see all the good stuff you got going on so
0: yes so much Hashtag fun talking to you <laughs> yeah yes.
1: so much so much fun talking to you definitely got to bring you back on the show look forward to talking to you more girl yes I,
0: this was so enjoyable i love this i was and i was you know i was a little nervous because i'm like oh what do
1: i have to say <laughs> you, got, <laughs> no, all the stu- you got a lot of stuff to say what are you talk about <laughs> yes. that's right. that's what's up yo. my best friend Ife, on the podcast yes. show thank you that's it another episode of studio noise in the bag big shout out to ify Cheshina for coming on the podcast you know we appreciate you girl y'all make sure you go follow her keep up with her she's making great work uh in two weeks we'll be back with more stuff i'm not even sure i got so many interviews coming uh but they're on the way i'll be right back with you and to all my artists out there are you making the main thing the main thing Have you dedicated the time and effort to your artwork? Put all the other stuff down. Go make some noise, baby. (laughs) Yes, it's the noise. Your boy, Jay Barber. I'll see y'all soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast.